What's up, guys? This is The Starting Five, and welcome to day one of trying to get Troy Dan on our podcast. Let's start off by introducing the five. First up, we got Austin Bird. Hey, guys. Then Jameson Norton. Hello. Uh, Reed Baumgartner. What's happening? And last, Well Suckus. What's up? But least. What's up, guys? Yeah. All right. Still least. Before we begin, let's introduce the sponsor for this episode, Raid Shadow Legends. One of the biggest mobile role-playing games of 2020, and it's totally free. Currently, almost 10 million users have joined Raid over the last six months, and it's one of the most impressive games in its class, with detailed models, environments, and smooth 60 frames per second animations. All the champions of the game can be customized with unique gear that changes your strategic buffs and abilities. The dungeon bosses have some ridiculous skills of their own, and figuring out the perfect party and strategy to overtake them is a lot of fun. Currently, with over 300,000 reviews, Raid is almost a perfect score on the Play Store. The community is growing fast, and the highly anticipated new Faction Wars feature is now live. You might even find our squad out there in the arena. It's easier to start now than ever with the Rates program for new players. You get a new daily login reward for the first 90 days that you play in the game. So what are you waiting for? Go to the video description, click on the special links, and you'll get 50,000 silver and a free epic champion as part of the new player program to start your journey. Good luck, and we'll see you there. Oh, man, I got to get that epic champion. <laughs> All right, let's get it. I think the first topic, you guys want to talk about the NBA draft? Ooh. I like that. All right, uh, so can I branch off of that? I want to talk about who we all think is going to go one, two, and three. What are we saying? And are we saying Jameis Wiseman is going to drop in draft ranking because of not playing the back half of the season? Go for it. What are we saying? State your opinion. Oh, I was I was asking y'all for your opinion. Um, I think Wiseman's going to drop a lot. I think he's going to drop uh, probably to four or five. I don't even think he'll go top three anymore because I think Probably Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball will be over him. And then uh, I don't know who my other third one is, but I just feel like people aren't going to risk Wiseman because he didn't play enough games in college. Uh, I just think it depends on how the lottery stacks out, you know? Like, if the number one overall team needs a center or needs a big man, he's I'm, I'm assuming he's going to go, you know, they're going to draft need. I really think that James Wiseman's going to have to show out the combine, uh, you know, if they even get to do the combine. I think he's going to have to show out there if he wants to maintain that top five because not playing uh, really at all for Memphis, I think that's going to hurt his draft stock. But maybe if he sends in a Tua video of him working out and looking good, teams might be willing to take the jump on him. There's also that dude from, like, Real Madrid or, like, Turkey or something that's up there that I've heard the Warriors are actually looking to take number one if they get that pick. Ooh. That's a good show. apparently the Warriors have, like, released a statement that they're, like, not high on um, Wiseman or Ball. I feel like the Warriors draft picks a lot, especially lately since they get late draft picks, they tend to go with the safe options. Like, they picked... Uh, Pascal, who went to college for four years, they go rather ba- on like experience and like someone who's proven their worth, rather than someone who's a uh, one and done kind of player, who has a lot of potential but hasn't really proved much in their career. Yeah, and the uh, stuff they said about Wiseman and Ball could also just be decoy to make them fall. You never know. Actually, yeah, let's do something fun now. Let's do draft grades for each team, Ooh. or just winners and losers. However, we want to do it for the NFL draft. I think 
you guys can just name some big winners or big losers that you think. Arizona Cardinals had one heck of a draft. Um, picked up Isaiah Simmons, which was, you could say, a little lucky that the Panthers passed on him. Uh, but they went best available there. A lot of people thought they were going to take a tackle. That's a big need for them. They actually filled that need in the third round with Josh Jones, who many people predicted to go in the first round to the Dolphins. So they got Isaiah Simmons, top three players in the draft, arguably. Josh Jones, one of the better tackles in the draft. In the later rounds, uh, round six, they got Evan Weaver out of Cal. He's a linebacker. Uh, I think he's a good player. Obviously, he's not going to start right away since they have a pretty solid linebacking core already and they already got Isaiah Simmons but seventh round they got Eno Benjamin running back out of Arizona State and I think Eno Benjamin in the seventh round is a steal uh, he he can make stuff out of plays that look to be done and dusted um, you never know with running backs uh, I remember Alfred Morris was a sixth-round pick for Washington Redskins, and he had a breakout year or two. Too bad he had to go to the Dallas Cowboys, where careers go to die. Come um, on, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think you know, watch out for Eno Benjamin, especially from the Cardinals, who were looking for some more running back support. I'm going to switch up here with a loser. The uh, Green Bay Packers had, in my oh, opinion, yeah. a, very, <laughs> a, very, a very bad <laughs> draft. <laughs> All right, so um, I don't know if anyone knew, but they they didn't make some very good picks. They their first two picks, Jordan Love and AJ Dillon, were in the same positions as arguably two of their strongest players, quarterback and running back. And it it they had very they had very apparent holes. And like, for instance, they could have taken Patrick Queen, but passed on him. Um, and it just seems like they didn't make very good decisions on draft night, and I think it's going to hurt them this season. And yeah, Jameson, not to mention that they traded up for Jordan Love. Mm -hmm. That's just a loss of value, in my opinion. Um, but you can see in their history, when they took Aaron Rodgers while they still had Brett Favre, something that organization likes to do, uh, but I don't agree with it. You're right. I don't know. So far, if you look at Aaron Rodgers... Looks like it panned out for him this time around. Maybe it'll happen again with Jordan Love. You never know. I think we should get into the topic of arguably the best team in the NFL, the Seattle Seahawks, and let's <laughs> yeah. talk about their draft. Because I think the Seahawks, at first I was very optimistic with their picks. They made picks where I was like, okay, I don't know this player, but I don't know a lot, so maybe he's good. <laughs> but... um. As I started reading experts' opinions, I started to get a little more um, disheartened at the picks. But by now, I think that they, our players got picked higher than they should have because they just have that bulldog energy, and I think Seattle wins the next year's Super Bowl um, with two uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year. And uh, so <laughs> yep. I think A-plus winners, winners of the draft – Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> Very helpful. If you're not picking up on what team we're each a fan of yet. Yeah, I'd just like to state that this podcast is not biased at all. Me personally. Yeah, we absolutely are, no bias. We are completely objective. I'm waiting I'm waiting for the NFL season to make my allegiances known. 
and <laughs> maybe around yeah. week 10 is when I'll finally declare for a team. So be on the lookout for that. <laughs> so you know, Josh, uh, <laughs> uh, Bird, you want to go? Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to get into the real draft winners. America's team, you know. The Dallas Cowboys <laughs> addressed all their needs. They needed a second receiver. They got C.D. Lamb. They needed a corner. They got Trayvon Diggs. They needed the center to replace Travis Frederick, and they got the guy from Wisconsin. I forget his name, but he looked like a beast. Tyler Beatash is who you're looking for there. We do our research here. He looks like a beast. Wisconsin's always got the big boys up front. I think it'll be good. I think this will be one of the more impressive 8-8 and seasons you'll ever see. (laughs) I hate to say it. I really hate to say it, but the Cowboys, it seems, did have a good draft this time. And, hey, it pains me, okay? Uh, I, I, have to I too hate to say it. I too hate to say it, Jameson. But you look at the Cowboys, they just drafted studs in almost every single round. CD Lamp, yes, is, they took best available there, in my opinion. They didn't technically need a receiver. They had Michael Gallup, who's kind of coming to his own last season. But, of course, CD Lamb is just, he was my wide receiver number one going into the draft. I think that was a steal by the Cowboys. Didn't have to trade up or anything. He just fell to them. Trayvon Diggs, another one in the second round. I think he is a tremendous player coming out of Alabama. Uh, he, he's a good corner. He's got a lot of room to develop. And we keep looking down their their picks here. In the fourth, late fourth, Tyler Biadash out of Wisconsin, as Will was saying, Wisconsin's always got the big boys. Uh, the Big Ten in general always has a lot of good linemen coming out of it, so I think he was a great pick. Even uh, Reggie Robinson, the third in the fourth, uh, that cornerback out of Tulsa, I think he was very underrated. I think he has a lot of room to improve. Uh, not in a bad way. He just has a, a pretty high ceiling. I think the, I think he fits the Cowboys' schemes really well. Uh, seventh round, Ben DiNucci, the quarterback from James Madison. A weird one, but hey, uh, he, <laughs> JMU, the, the D... D2 chance. Should have been Blankenship. <laughs> if any team had drafted Blankenship, I would be wearing that jersey right now. Um, didn't Blankenship sign somewhere, Jameson? I don't know. I'd, I, I'll have to check that. I do want to say I'm a little upset with my Titans draft. Um, looking over it now, we have we made really mediocre picks other than our first one where we picked an offensive tackle, which is a position we you know, we needed to fill. But we took Christian Fulton in the second round, uh, cornerback from LSU. He's decent. Uh, I feel like LSU winning the title may have made us jump the gun as far as picking him too early. Um, there were definitely other corners available at the time better than him. He was only ranked 10th, and he was the 10th best corner in the draft. And I know for sure there were other corners available uh, before him. And then we picked the Hawaii quarterback. Yes. The Hawaii. So, Will, I don't want you to be too down. Cole McDonald had the most or second most passing yards. <laughs> Draft grade. So did Jameis Winston in the saying. NFL. 45 out of 100. I'm just saying it's not looking good. And uh, I did some research. Rodrigo Blankenship signed for the Colts. So let's go Colts. I'm a Colts fan now. <laughs> we also just gave Tannehill a, a huge ass contract, and then we go ahead and draft a quarterback. I mean, but you lost your backup quarterback, and so drafting the quarterback who had some of the passing yards in college football last year in the seventh round, I don't think that's a terrible pick. 
He just plays in the Mountain West Conference, so I don't know. Well, there are worse conferences. I don't know. I'm a Power Five guy myself, so <laughs> you would be stupid, albino. Okay, bud. Oh yeah, I think this is this is a good time as any to tell our listeners that our uh, co-host Will has suffered and is surviving a <laughs> deep case of albinism <laughs> that has affected him since birth. <laughs> <laughs> If you choose to send us money for his operation, feel free. We will take any donations, and he is a very happy boy. Josh, can you explain to the viewers what that operation, like, what is that operation? What does it consist of? Um, they will inject him with anti-albino cells it's called that melanin. will darken his skin and hair. It's very futuristic, um, but... <laughs> The doctor couldn't tell me all of it, but I've heard that he will also need therapy to deal with his new darkness. So, um, yeah, I'm not a smart guy. I, really, I wouldn't expect to understand this, but I'm glad you all got it figured out for him. All right. I think it's just about time for Josh's movie time. Let's talk about <laughs> movies. What is, uh, what is everyone's favorite movie and why? First off, let's go with Jameson. All right. I've recently thought about this as I've been insanely bored. It is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. For you uncultured people, that's the animated one. Now, overall, <laughs> uh, I just think it's I think it's very fun. I like fun movies. It's entertaining. There's also just a beautiful message in it. And some great music. It's got a great soundtrack. Really everything you'd like. And... The way it's made, with the, um, I think it's half tones or bend a dots or something like that, just makes it very visually unique, and I like that. So that's that's my favorite. No, you just like you just like it because Sunflower is on the song, and that's your most listened to song on Spotify. It it was, <laughs> but also. Listen to it after I watched the movie, as the movie came out in, like, December 2017 or 2018. So, it's been a while. Alright, let's go to Bird. I think Bird is going to be a fun one. So, not much logic here. I think. I don't know. Pretty much the whole, pretty much the whole series of Austin Powers might be the best movies of all time. If for no other reason, that's most likely who I'm named after. Let's go to Reed. Um, I'd have to say my favorite movie. Uh, might not be like the best film, but it, of its impact on me is Moneyball. Um, I watched that movie a lot well, when I was a little younger. Uh, so it brings back good nostalgia, good memories. Uh, you know Jonah Hill does a great job in it. So that'd be my favorite th- movie. What happened to Suicide Squad? I thought that I thought you liked that one. Now that Jameson brings it up, Suicide is up there rivaling. Um, it's just a cinematic masterpiece. Uh, <clears throat> there's never been a movie like it, except for uh, Wolf of Wall Street. What about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Uh, yeah. Too much food. That, that <clears throat> SNL that Margot Robbie hosted. <laughs> so there have been a lot of good films actually it's hard to pick 
Those are those are some good choices, guys. <laughs> I think my favorite one that I'm going to hear today. What is yours, Will Sutkus? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm so ready. My favorite movie of all time is Remember the Titans, and I don't think this one needs to be explained. The single greatest sports movie to ever be released is Remember the Titans. That's all I have to say. So, Bud means nothing to you? <laughs> I think you need to explain it, because it seems like you've just taken one of the consensus best sports movies of all time and said it just to be not controversial. <laughs> I think if he wants to hear it explained, I think there are other places that you can hear Remember the Titans explained, because I think every single human on the planet has seen it. All right. Yeah. I think now is the best time to say that a side effect of Will's albinism is that he just becomes a <laughs> vanilla human all around. So, um... He doesn't. He doesn't really have uh, traits that kind of stand out or anything. Okay, let's go to my favorite movie, which is Semi Pro, uh, directed by Kent Alterman and starring Will Ferrell. So Semi Pro follows a middle-aged basketball player slash owner of his own ABA franchise, the Flint Tropics, as he works to uh, get his team ready for the NBA merger where he has to be one of the <clears throat> top four teams in the league. So the hijinks ensue from there with things such as corn dog night or fighting a bear in a cage following the outrageous owner, Jackie Moon. And uh, this movie has stuck with me for its symbolism and the way it uses its characters to tell a story. So... Thank you. This was Josh movie time. Josh loved Big Cat's guy. Surprised oh. that wasn't <laughs> Cats isn't a movie. Just so you all know, Cats is an experience. It's an experience. Cats is not a movie. <laughs> it is an experience. It is, it is a lifestyle. Yeah. So I think the only thing to do next is to go into my favorite segment ever. It's the Will Sutkiss joke of the week. That's right, every week Will Suckus is going to bring you a joke straight from his head that he makes up on the spot. Let's go to Will. Oh, Lord. So did you guys hear about the mathematician who's afraid of negative numbers? No. Never heard of him. Never. I mean, the only thing he's doing is uh, stopping at nothing to avoid him. You guys may not have heard, but everybody laughed super hard. <laughs> All right, and our next segment we're going to be talking about is draft night, specifically what made waiting for seven minutes for the Bengals to pick Joe Burrow uh, more enjoyable. Uh, stuff like EDP and his reaction to Jalen Hurts being picked. Also notable, Bill Belichick and his dog. So, um... Reed, I know you have some thoughts on this. You want to? Uh, yeah. Um, Bill Belafetch, as he's uh, been called by uh, other reporters. That's the funniest thing I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, I had a good chuckle. You know, the, um, this whole coronavirus thing has got a lot of people down recently. And to be crying, laughing, brought up in the fetal position because a husky was making the Patriots pick. Uh, that's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'd like to thank Bill Belichick for being just an absolute genius of a man in football and apparently in live television. Funny how a dog can make a better pick than the Packers.
I also just want to say EDP's reaction. His, I think he put three videos out on the uh, Eagles' mm -hmm. first and second uh, round draft picks. It just made my night, honestly. I hate the Eagles. I don't know why. I just do. I don't like their fans. I don't like them. People in Philly are annoying. Yeah, but I'm a bandwagon. I'm a bandwagon fan. I have no allegiance except the Colts. Well, now. you're a Colts um, fan now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I just said. Thank you very much. Uh, but just to see someone just so dejected after their team making terrible draft choices, just it just made me happy. And he's v he's very comedic, you know. So I it, it just it just was a lot of fun. I would have loved it if he was a New York Knicks fan when they drafted Porzingis. Oh, that would have been so good. Stephen A. Smith, his reaction, just imagine EDP. For those who don't know, can y'all explain what EDP, what that stands for, and who he is? No, I will not explain it, and I think the perfect person to explain it is William Suckis. I don't know what it stands for. I'm not going to lie. I think I think this is up to you, Big Bird. Bird, you seem to know what it is. I think I'm going to direct the listeners to Google um, and or YouTube. Uh, yes, our sixth co-host is Google. We call him our sixth man in the starting five. <laughs> he helps out more than anyone else. That was a good parent joke. Nice. And now let's get into our different segment, random hot takes about <laughs> anything. About any this is my favorite. You, our usual guy for this is Bird, who will give a controversial opinion about literally anything. I don't know, man. Tough call today. Today, we were talking earlier, and a couple of our friends are some big Falcons fans. Reed's a big Redskins fan. And I think those are going to be the two worst teams in the NFL this year, solely because they get six automatic losses in division games, and then after that, I don't really know who they're going to beat. So, Bird, um, we said hot takes. <laughs> that's not hot take. Yeah, Jump off. We all, we all know Jump the Redskins off. are going to be bad. The New York Giants are still <clears throat> trash organization. Okay. I don't the New York Giants are so far ahead of the Washington Redskins. In what regard? How many Super Bowls? <laughs> they have Saquon Barkley. That's literally it. You know, this isn't even a hot take. It's just common sense. Daniel Jones far better than Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins will never pass Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones will be better than him for the entirety of his career. <clears throat> I've got some hot takes, guys. First hot take. First hot take. Bubble baths are not just for kids. This is fast. No. A couple days ago, I took a bubble bath. Alone? And it was lovely. Were you clean before you got in the bath? I was not. I took a bubble bath. I took a bubble bath, and then I took a shower, just as it should be done. I guess it is relaxing. Yeah. It, yeah. it was quite relaxing. The bubbles, the water, beautiful. You put your phone far enough away from the tub that you won't drop it and murder yourself, and you play some Netflix, and it's a great time. It sounds like a lovely night. I'm envisioning lavender. Uh, it was SpongeBob Tropical <laughs> Tangerine <laughs> Bubbles. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Another hot take. This is my hot take. This is my hot take. Okay, okay. Tiger King is weird. Oh. I will not watch yeah. Tiger King. I just don't think um, it's that fun. As somebody who watched Tiger King in its entirety, I'm not, like, going to rant and rave about it. It was definitely weird. Um, 
But as far as quarantine entertainment goes, it kept me busy for a day. I think there are two weird cat-related products of media that you can watch. (laughs) Cats. And people fit into only two of the categories. There's the cats category, and there's the Tiger King category. All right, fair enough. Jameson, you had a hot take? All right. And I, I, really, I really don't want to admit this, but this is concerning normal ice cream and vegan ice cream. Now, oh, because my family is backwards, we have vegan <laughs> products in our house. And I haven't had a real ice cream in about a year. And it's, it's wearing me down. But basically, vegan ice cream is made with like almond milk or soy milk which is normally vanilla flavored which in my opinion tastes very good the just the base of it but then when you add the cookie dough have chocolate chip cookie dough my favorite ice cream flavor is better vegan than not vegan and i don't i don't i don't want to say this i don't get any pleasure from saying this i hate saying this but in my opinion in the with the evidence I've gathered in the last year, I think it is better. And additionally, it doesn't melt as fast. So I think Jameson's girlfriend slash twin sister is really in his head. Oh at this my point. god! You can't say that. That's completely not true. Jameson has just scorched me because that take was so hot. <laughs> I I have a hot take I'd like to discuss though. Um, why don't more people fear octopi? I think they're literally aliens. They're little alien creatures. They got beaks as a fish. Tentacles that can suction onto you and pull you under. I mean, they're strong. They're strong little suckers. And they can fit through tiny holes. I think we... You can't even see them sometimes. They can I know, camouflage. and they camouflage. Look, they're smart. They can get out of tanks. We, it's happened before. They can take down sharks. That's happened before. So I don't know why people are just like, oh, yeah, octopus. Instead of like, I don't know why they're not held in such high regard and danger and then, factor. And then you go down to Australia and they made it just poisonous just because they wanted to. Like, yeah. how sadistic is that? Well, Australia aside. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to fight you guys on something. Not on the fact that octopi are dangerous, but on the fact that this is a hot take. Because I don't think that there's a person that would argue with you that octopus are safe creatures. You'd be surprised. Docile creatures. Yeah, but it's not a, it's not a widely held thing. <laughs> Fine. I'm I'm more concerned with what makes octopi aliens. Like, yeah, that that was kind of weird. What makes them an alien? Just alien looking. Alien looking. Speaking yeah. of aliens, Will Suckus, what is your hot take? we don't bully anybody we're completely fair and we're nice to all hot take people lacking melanin like me uh should get discounts when buying sunscreen at the grocery store that's not a hot take that is a fact we will not rest until albinos get discounts on sunscreen this is unfair. Another teenager on my soccer team who also suffers light skin disease <laughs> has to have B 
baby sunscreen while playing the sport that he loves. But he doesn't get a discount, Bryce. Little babies have to pay the same as him, a full-grown teenage boy who had to buy baby sunscreen. It is ridiculous. The sunscreen industry should be subsidized to help <laughs> the diseased. It's really a sad thing. Will, would you say you spend more on sunscreen than, like, a normal person? Than, like, a bird, maybe? Oh, for sure, yeah. That's... Because I, I can't just buy any, like, type of sunscreen, you know? Mm-hmm. It has to be the best of the best. That's, or else tr- I that's truly tragic. the color of a tomato. Guys, so. let's start a GoFundMe for Will. Let's get his sunscreen costs down. We'll put a link in the description. Support, support us on Patreon, am I right? Wait, but wouldn't the operation, like, make it so I don't need sunscreen anymore? I don't know, man. You might. You never know. I guess they'd just be donating donating to the both of them. If we don't reach the goal, then we'll just use all the money for sunscreen. Sounds like a deal. But we won't be happy about it. We we will not. And it's going to be your fault when Will gets skin cancer. I really want to talk about the topic of, uh, in the draft, when you get the call from the GM or coach saying that you got picked... What's the right response? Break down crying with your family? Or, yeah, coach, I'm ready to go. I personally think there are more responses. Uh, both in one. I think the vast majority of the players say, yeah, coach, I'm ready to go while crying. So a uh, combination. So I'm going, I'll take a second to actually answer the question. I think it really depends on where you land. I think example DK Metcalf. He thought he was going first round. He came second round. That big boy deserved to cry. But you know what? He dominated. He dominated. So I think his crying, that was the emotional part. And now Big Beast DK came to play. But the opposite reaction would be Lamar Jackson when he got drafted lower than he thought he needed to. And he was like, they're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. And he was like super cocky like that. And he didn't cry at all. I think think he was just driven. I think he was determined... To prove everybody wrong. See, I mean, I think they're. I think if you're gonna say I'm gonna win a Super Bowl for you. That's like, you haven't even played a single NFL game. That has been yeah. deemed a little bit arrogant. Yeah, I think arrogance ooh. from now MVP Lamar Jackson. There are definitely multiple reactions. Me personally, if I got drafted into the uh, the NFL, I would be ecstatic. I would be yelling and screaming. I would be like, Yeah, Jameson, yeah. if you got drafted, you would wake up. <laughs> that was that was incredibly rude. And true. Shut up, Will. All right, another one of Josh's segments. Let's go. All right, question from the listeners. Um, they asked if you guys could live in any city in the United States of America, which would you live in? Let's start off with Austin Bird. I think for me, I would have to move south. I don't think I could go north of where we are now, just because, I don't know, I'm more of a southern guy. All right, Will Sutkus, where would you um, live? I'm not going to – I don't have a specific city in mind, but I just think I'd want to live in south of here, probably somewhere around – like Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina are cool, but definitely wouldn't want to go west coast and probably just a suburb outside of like – Let's say like Charlotte or someplace like that, you know. Like I don't want to live in the city. I want to live. I want to commute to work basically, because city life can be. I don't know. A little sketchy sometimes. All right, um, Jameson. What city would you live in? Now in the United States, 
I, basically, I have some. I have criteria. I like it cold, because I'm a. I I have a, let's say a lot of insulation, so uh, I get hot easy. So um, I I like it cold generally. So I would be in the United States. I'd be looking north of here. Uh, maybe also you know when the air is thinner, it get genu- generally gets colder. So I've been thinking somewhere in Colorado or New York, possibly Denver or. Not not New York City, but a city in New York State also could be fun. But so you get hot. Hold on. Then get but, high. I just but, have a, I have a hot take. Not okay. Hot take, um, just argument. But looking abroad, uh, England has a very good climate, and if I was going to live anywhere, I live. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, what's the city name? I just I I I've been to London, and it was. Very good experience. I really like the city, so if I was going to live anywhere, I'd probably choose there. All right, Reed, what do you think? All right, so I just find it interesting that you don't want to live somewhere hot because you don't want to, like, I guess, sweat a lot and, like, go outside and, like, play soccer or whatever and then feel like you're, like, panting or whatever. But, like, if you wanted to go outside and work out in Colorado, like, the air is super thin, so, like, it's also hard to breathe there. If you want to like work out outside and stuff, so you're giving Jameson a lot of credit for wanting to go do physical activity at all. No, that's just kind of rude, man. I'm not gonna lie. You rude raise a very good bird? point. Uh, from Bird, from Bird, you raise a very good point, Will. I've, everyone, I could used to the elevation uh, eventually, but that's also one of the reasons why it's not my first choice. All right, what about you, Reed? Uh, you know, I was giving it some thought while you, you were rambling on about cold. Uh, but you know, I completely disagree. Uh, not that you're wrong in thinking that. You know, that's your that's what you like. Uh, but I like it to be a little warmer. So I'd probably I need to I have to live somewhere where there's some water. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I like fishing. It's a hobby. Um, but anywhere that has some water, river, or even ocean, lakes, you know, water sources. Um, I think ideally. If I could pick a state to live in, it'd be Florida uh, on the coast. Um, obviously, that's super expensive, though. I think another good option is um, somewhere in Texas, like a Houston or uh, Dallas, despite me not liking the Cowboys. I think they they I don't know they have the right kind of mood for me. Uh, so that's just that's what I would choose. How do you feel about mosquitoes? Obviously, obviously, I'm not a fan of mosquitoes, but there are ways to, you know, not die treacherously. Uh, I've dealt with mosquitoes a lot because I have a lot of family that live near the beach, around water, where I've had to deal with mosquitoes before, and I've never gotten malaria. I don't want to get malaria. Um, so I think mosquitoes, while a pest, are manageable. Okay, losers. It's time for my take, which in itself might be a hot take. <laughs> I, th- or I think I, I think I know where he would pick. Hear me out. I've got two options here. Me? I like it cold. I get too sweaty in the summer. So you know where I want to go? I want to go up north. I want to go check out the northeast. But me, also, I want to live in a city. I want to live in nightlife. I want to go to sports. I want to do everything. I want to have everything. That's why uh, my two cities, Boston and Philadelphia. Oh, my God. These are birds type of cities. 
I was about to say. You no, may be listening to this, and you think, Josh, aren't those two cities known for being either racist or just plain hateful? And I'll tell you, <laughs> yeah, sure. But me, I don't think I'll let that change me. I'm a pure, innocent, uncorruptible soul. I'll live in Philly. I'll love in Philly. City of brotherly love. I'll go to see an Eagles game. I'll go to see a 76ers game. I'll go do the little thing like Rocky. I will love Philadelphia, and Philadelphia will love me. As for Boston, I've already been to Boston. It's lovely. Me and Reed had so much fun in Boston. We met a guy named Yuri, nicest man I ever met. Set down his groceries, was ready to give us a tour that night. I wasn't sane. I'd go to I'd go to the tea party. Again. It'd be awesome. <laughs> I could be Boston born and bred. I would live life. Boston was nice. The people are nice. Boston, Philadelphia, those are my two spots in the continental United States. If not, headed to Amsterdam. (laughs) That's a good choice, Josh. All right, next let's get into some two early predictions for the next year's NFL season. I think Reed has some very, very good thoughts on this topic. All right. Obviously, I want to see how the roster shake out a little bit more, but since these are two early predictions, uh, let's just go ahead and say it. I think, uh, as as much as it's going to pain, I think the Cowboys are prime here to uh, make a run to the first game of the playoffs and lose to whoever. Well, uh, that's not that big of a run, because that means they won the worst division in the NFL, the NFC East. Mm-hmm. It's a run uh, for their standards. Don't talk like that about my Eagles. <laughs> no. <laughs> Rookie of the year. I really do think Joe Burr is going to come into Cincinnati and do some stuff. Obviously, he's not going to light the world alight because the Bengals just aren't that good yet. But they're putting some pieces together, and I think he's going to have a decent year. He is in one of the harder divisions um, in the NFL, the AFC North. But I think he's going to. I think he's going to shine. I think he's got the talent. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. They've put. They still have AJ Green. Uh, and Tyler Boyd, right? I think he plays for the Bengals. I wouldn't really know. I don't care about them. They're not the Colts. It it, it doesn't seem like a t- like the worst situation he could have been drafted into. Like when we all found out that the Bengals were you know terrible and gonna have the first overall pick, I think everyone assumed that would be a struggle for him. But it it seems like the, the Bengals, in a rare move, are executing some good moves with a rare degree of competency that I didn't expect to see from them. I mean, he's got some weapons on the outside. He is, obviously, you said Boyd and Green, but I think we're forgetting about John Ross here, Mr. 4-2-2 in the, in the combine. So he's definitely got a speedster on the outside to throw and to, uh, sort of like a Tyreek Hill, like Mahomes has at his disposal. Not only Ross, but they drafted T. Higgins, who was going to be a first-round pick. I don't know what happened. He, he threw to 33, which is one pick outside of the first round, but... You give those weapons to him. They got Joe mm-hmm. Mixon still running the rock. Is it Jonah yes. Williams? Yes, that's their tackle. Is that their? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was he was injured, and he's getting off that. That's gonna help the offensive line. They also drafted Hakeem Adeniji, uh, that tackle from Kansas. I don't think he's ready to come in day one, but I think he's got some some talent there that he can work on. So yeah, I think the Bengals hard division. But they're giving Burrow weapons. Their O-line is moving. 
and I'd like to see what's what their, Zach Taylor um, can do now. What's their secondary like? What makes the NFC North so difficult of a division? AFC North? Yeah, what makes the Ravens. AFC North so difficult? Ravens? No, the Browns. They weren't see, I just, I'm just i not sold on the Browns. Steelers are always solid. The Steelers, they're going to stay solid. I'm not solid, sold on I the Steelers, think. not this year. Well, they're not going to be 12 and 4 have? teams, Bird, but... It's easier. Yeah, but come it's, on. I mean, I think that division is poor as anyone. The Browns and Steelers still have decent defenses. You know what I mean? And atmospheres to go play in. Well, Pittsburgh. I don't know. The only scary thing about the Browns defense is if you get hit the in the easy, head with a helmet. The worst um, division <laughs> in the AFC is definitely the Titans division. With the Colts, the Jaguars, and the Texans. Sorry, Take Jameson. It's just a fact. I don't know, man. The Texans and the Titans are all better than the teams besides the Ravens in the North. Well, the AFC West, besides the Chiefs, you got the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos. I feel like the Chargers are going to have a rough time. They're this year. Yeah. Continue, Reed. They they definitely seem like they're going to be at least a little worse this year. I mean, lost Phillip Rivers. They don't seem to be in that good of a spot. And the Raiders are always bad. Uh, speaking of the Raiders, I'd just like to uh, say that for two entire months, someone, some some person was saying with utmost confidence that Henry Ruggs would be taken with the Raiders' first first-round pick. That man was me, and I was 100% correct. As soon as he ran a very, very fast 40, I knew he was going. And, yeah, just, just wanted to point that out. And also... Uh, for my too early prediction for kicker of the year. Now, <laughs> most people would be like, ah, it's Justin Tucker all day. No. Rodrigo Blankenship is coming into the league undrafted. He's going to get the starting job, and he's going to win best kicker in the NFL because he's one of the best kicking talents we've ever seen. Thank you. All right. I like everyone's picks. I would like to get into some of my own. Um, I feel like there's some obvious answers that you guys are seeing but not really uh, shooting for your uh, predictions, but that's fine. So for Offensive Rookie of the Year, I'm predicting DJ Dallas. Um, For Defensive Rookie of the Year, I'm saying Jordan Brooks. Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) Whatsoever. What about MVP? MVP, I'm saying it's going to be Russell Wilson. A three-way tie between Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson, and... DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. And um, I think Super Bowl champions, I think it's going to be a close one between the Seahawks and the Seahawks practice squad. But I think the the team's going to pull it through. It's going to be Seahawks for the uh, Super Bowl championship. Well, let's talk about something. Um... As we know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traded for current WWE 24-7 champion Rob Gronkowski, as well as signing Tom Brady in free agency. I think that offense is going to be potent. I think the NFC needs to watch out. And I think the 24-7 title is going to be changing hands a lot <laughs> during this NFL season. I can't wait to watch Tom Brady throw it to Gronk again. They'll get a touchdown at the end of the game. Maybe cut the Saints lead to 45. We never know. <laughs> yeah, that would make me so happy. Uh, I've heard I these hate memes Tom on Twitter. 
who do we think the highest paid or the most overpaid player in the NFL is? Um, this is a tough one. I was I'm gonna, gonna have say to go that Ryan well. Tannehill because they kind of. Well, you're gonna have to pick someone different then, all right? Be original. Ryan Tannehill is getting paid so much money, and I think he's just an average quarterback. He's definitely he's no uh, Philip Rivers or Jacoby Brissett <laughs> or anyone. Anyway. He's, uh, he's the quarterbacks he's just you just named. Um, I think my uh, most overpaid player in the NFL is going to be Jimmy Moreland uh, for the fact that he's getting paid at all to play football. Um, oh, my Lord. I think the sooner he is out of the Washington Redskins secondary, the sooner we will start playing oh, a lot uh, better. Speaking football. of the Washington Redskins secondary, how do you think of how Breland's been performing after he left? Okay, how does this man play so poorly as our second cornerback, go to the Chiefs and just start playing so well, I am absolutely not stunned. I feel betrayed, honestly. I I was rooting for him when he was on the Redskins, but he just dropped pass after pass after pass, and and he goes to the Chiefs, and he just starts playing like he's an all-star. What is that about? I think it helps that he was on a uh, he on the Chiefs. He was on a better defense and. Uh, I don't know very much about the Redskins secondary. So, was he your number one quarterback? Cornerback? He was never number one, but he was number two, which is basically number one since you usually line up with at least two corners. Mm-hmm. So, I think uh, going into the Chiefs defense, where uh, I don't think I don't I, again don't really know that much about the Chiefs defense either, but I don't think he was relied upon as heavily, right? Not so, really. not really. All right. Well, for because I'm still because I said it already, we're gonna go with it. So being part of a better defense would probably make it easier to play better. Is what I mean, I'm the Chiefs' defense is like they're nothing special. They're like your average NFL defense. They're not atrocious. They're good enough to keep themselves in games and let Mahomes score enough to let them win, but. They're not stout or anything. Yeah, but the Redskins defense, the red, the Redskins defense is special. Special in that they are especially trash. So. Well, the Redskins defense have had changes. tackling problems for about twelve years now. I've always believed that playing poorly is contagious, and when you're an organization like the Redskins, everybody's just going to be bad. I believe in a similar way. Uh, cornerback Quinton Dunbar in the past few months has really shocked me with how good he has become in such a short time. <laughs> I think he has made leaps and bounds in his player progression. I think he's now a Pro Bowl style cornerback. Quinton Dunbar did. He was the best player in that Redskins defense overall last year. And I'm sad to see him go. I have one burning question I want to ask though. Not related to the NFL or anything. What do we think uh, sports video games are going to do with, like, the whole Team of the Week situation if, like, the Premier League gets delayed to, like, October or September or something? Like, I know they said they're trying to go back, but then if things get bad again, they're just not going to be able to continue on. What FIFA has been doing is and is they've just been recycling Team of the Weeks from their old games and putting them back into the new game. Uh, and it kind of sucks, and they've not handled it very well because a lot of the times where we're at in the game, 
which is super far from release, so everyone has really good cards. These cards from last year are just not that good. And they've also added way too many trash ones, so you can never get any of the good ones when you're like opening packs. Very bad, very mishandled, and uh, I'd like to see them do better. Do we think coronavirus is going to delay the release date of any of these games at all? Because they can't be in their business offices like together working on it. So I guess that delays it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's de- gets delayed a little, like a small amount, but not too much longer. Because, you know, it's well established that most sports video games give us the same game every year in different colors. But also, um, I don't think it's going to last more than like two mo- two more months, three more months. So I don't think it'll get delayed that far. But. I know MLB The Show, which came out, I guess, about a month or a month and a half ago now, has been coming out this first beginning stages of the game during the quarantine. And I'm actually very surprised with how much content they've been able to put out while we're all quarantined and even though they can't do much with the current season because there isn't one they've done a really good job of putting more players and even some of the minor league players into the game so that there's a variety of people to use even though the season's not going on another another example madden kind of just doesn't have one anymore uh obviously their season's ended and they they've been able to drop uh, stuff with the draft because that was all virtual so nothing really has changed that much for Madden but uh, for many video games except for MLB they're kind of just doing what they can and it, it's ca- kind of caused the content to uh, suffer a little bit in my opinion I think we can get into talking about some cultural things now. I think we could talk about some recent music, and for that, I'll take you to our music <laughs> analyst, Will Sutkus. What recent music are we are we are we discussing, Josh? Yeah, well, talk about Uzi. We know you what, want. To. What have will, you been listening to, Will? Off. I will read all my albums off. I'll check out on this one. So, I've recently been listening to Juice World's new single, "Righteous," which isn't really new. It was out on SoundCloud. But I don't listen to SoundCloud music because I think the audio quality is pretty bad. Playboy Cardi's new song is... It's alright. I just... I'm not a huge Playboy, Car- Playboy Cardi fan. Sorry, sorry, Brandon Brown, if you're watching this. But It's just a little meh, isn't it? Alright, good with Josh. Um, Drake's new single is really just a TikTok thing. It was alright for a day or two. But it got old fast. Party Next Door's new album is pretty good. A lot of the songs sounded a little bit similar. I like a, I like the one with Rihanna. It's pretty good. That's like the mainstream one. The one with Drake's okay. Nothing Less and Turn Up. The first two songs are alright, but I haven't really... I got to about midway through the album and realized that every song sounded about the same. Which, I mean, that happens with a lot of artists, I guess, and... It's just whether or not you're you really like their sound or not. Otherwise, it's just because monotonous. Lil Uzi Vert dropping Eternal Take and Lil Uzi Vert vs. the World Two this year. He dropped more music this year, 
probably than any other artist. And that's just because he's had it forever and it stored away, just waiting to release it. There were some pretty good songs. Um, I personally am more of a fan of Eternal Take than the other part, but I know that a lot of uh, older Uzi fans... I mean, I listen to old Uzi, but I like Eternal like Take me. more than uh, Lil Uzi Vert versus the world, too. But I know that a lot of people would disagree. Not to say uh, Lil Uzi Vert versus the world is not good, because it is really good. But I just think Eternal Take fits more more of my personal music taste. Uh, Reed, what have you been listening to lately? Enlighten us. Uh, I've been watching, uh, or listening to old episodes of the Joe Rogan podcast, actually. Say what you want about Joe Rogan, and then I'll say some things about Joe Rogan. Alright. Uh, yeah, I've just been, I've just been watching ones with people that I like, especially, I like the one with, uh, Forrest Galante, who is, uh, biologist who has his own show on Animal Planet called Extinct or Alive, where he goes out looking for extinct animals, or thought to be extinct animals, and then he just, he just finds them, and they're no longer extinct. And I think that's pretty insane, and he's a personal hero. So I like hearing him talk for three hours. Yeah, so my thoughts on Joe Rogan, I think it's very similar to what you just said. I think that Joe Rogan's podcast thrives on its guests. Oh, yeah, I think it has that to. It only... Yeah, it only survives on the guests. I, I don't know. When people say that Joe Rogan is entertaining, I disagree. I think Joe Rogan's podcast is entertaining because of his guests. But he pretty much just agrees with whatever his guest says and then just kind of lets them talk. And it's really built upon the guests. So I think it's a good podcast, but I don't think he's like a natural entertainer or anything. He's a super entertaining person. I mean... I agree and disagree. I think he has to be sort of a natural entertainer to be a, you know, as successful comedian and host as he is. But as for the podcast goes, I think he t- really takes on the interviewer role, where he lets the, he lets the, <laughs> he lets the, uh, sorry, he really takes on the interviewer role. He really takes on the interviewer role where he lets the guests do a lot of the talking, and he just kind of supplements it with his thoughts, but it doesn't overtake the conversation. Uh. I most recently watched his one about a week ago. It was with Tom O'Neill, who was an author who wrote this book on the Manson murders and a bunch of stuff surrounding that. And he he maybe said seven sentences that entire podcast. He let Tom O'Neill talk and talk and talk, which was fine because it was super interesting. So I think he does a good job. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not saying that Joe Rogan's the worst and that he doesn't do anything. <laughs> yes, I'm just you were. Saying that, like, yes, you were. No, you weren't. <laughs> I'm saying that, like, we should be. Some He's people, competition. Some people praise him as this, like, entertainer, and they're like, yo, Joe Rogan's this, like, crazy, like, visionary. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, he's good at asking questions. I think the best yeah. skill Joe Rogan has is his ability to get the guests talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's just a really personable guy who's good at interviewing. I will give him, he is uh, very good at commentating for the UFC. I do enjoy his commentary. Except for whenever someone gets punched. it's all He's always hurt, every single time. Bird, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, how many. I don't know how many UFC events he's, you've seen, but punch doesn't even has to have to land. The guy's hurt, according to Joe Rogan. My brother just walked in my room and told me that UVA's Eli Handback, who's a interior defensive lineman and played four years at UVA and was really good at UVA. 
he went to the same high school I did, but he has now been signed by the Houston Texans. Which, that's cool to see. Other notable alumni. Mickey James. Mickey James. Damian Woody. <laughs> Alrighty, and now we are going to be uh, slowing down and ending this podcast. Let's have each of our hosts say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please donate to Will Suckus's, uh emergency fund. Thank you very much. Please do that. I'm hurting. Thanks for. All right. Th- we'll be back next week. Thank you to our hosts. It's been nice seeing you. We will release a new episode every week, probably on something like Tuesday. But thank you guys. Yep. Peace out, everybody. All six people. <laughs>